little harder music for you this time, Hammy. <laughs> That's why it works. <laughs> well, welcome to the Gopher Puck Live podcast. I'm Jupiter, and uh, we've obviously got Hammy and Vigo with us, as always. How's it going, boys? Pretty good. Fantastic. Okay. Fans are wondering, what is the car of choice this week, Vigo? It's the Equinox again tonight, so Equinox. you might hear... You might hear a little wind out there. It it is a bit windy, especially out by my place. I'm hearing a lots of noises outside, so <laughs> you sound good so far, and that's all that really matters. Yep. Well, we took a week off. I didn't really feel like doing the podcast last week. I was just lazy, basically. Who cares? Um, but uh, since we last spoke, you know, the Gophers split at Notre Dame and then swept Mankato at home. First, let's get to Notre Dame. You know, tough place to play, Hammy. They had, you know, not lost there in 10 games. You know, first game, not so good. Second game, they seem to play a bit better. A lot of freshman scoring. But what are your thoughts on the Notre Dame series? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of to be expected. You're going on the road against a real good team. And, um, you know, we got a young team. And I actually kind of came out of that series at the end feeling pretty positive about things, mainly because – you know, they didn't play particularly well on Friday, and we've sort of talked about, you know, how would this team recover, you know, being a young team? What, how would they rebound, and, you know, would they kind of let things get to them, or would they actually do, you know, kind of be inspired to do a little better? And I thought that the way that they recovered on Saturday and played, granted, there were still some late-period breakdowns and things like that, but uh, overall, I think that I came out of that series feeling pretty good about things. Pretty good for the freshmen, huh, Vigo, on that series? Yeah, especially, especially in Saturday, yeah. Sec- yeah, especially in the second game. I think the freshmen have really stepped into their roles on this team, and uh, there aren't many classes that have this many players all performing, you know, at you know top six, top four roles, and uh, it's impressive to see. Um, and then they got some good goaltending in that game. Uh, to, even though there were those breakdowns, Wilcox came up for saves when they needed him down the stretch, and uh, it was sloppy, but they, they got, uh, got a W there. Now, Hammy, this was the first time we've gotten to see Mr. Gertler. What are your initial thoughts on him? You know, he played the played the whole weekend, and then this previous weekend he played only one game. But uh, what do you think so far? Well, I mean, it's kind of what you would expect from a, a freshman, particularly a guy that's you know, hasn't been in the lineup yet, and this yep. is mm-hmm. essentially his first games. And, um, you know, I, I don't think you can expect a, too, too much. I think we're a little spoiled because of how some of the other guys have been doing right out of the gate. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for for him, I just think that it's going to take a little time to just kind of get your, you know, his bearings and, and just play, get some good hockey. And he's he's going to be responsible two ways. And, um, you know, I, I just think that it's going to take a little time for him to kind of get comfortable. Any initial thoughts on Gurler there, Avigo? Uh, Excuse me. Just that uh, he's really going to be in a battle for playing time. I think the Gophers really have, you know, seven guys for those or eight guys for those bottom six spots, and it looks like there's going to be guys rotating in and out of those spots the whole year. Um, and the top six looks pretty set, but but those bottom six, you're going to see a lot of shuffling around. So a lot of competition to keep those guys interested. Speaking of shuffling around, Hammy, it looks like we're seeing quite a bit of that on defense. Um, you know, with some young players stepping in their play up a little bit and uh, causing some older players like Mr. Hall to sit out a game. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, 
you know, I, you can't really blame him because if you look at, you know, I think for me, Bischoff has been a real surprise the way yes. that he's come. I mean, coming right up, basically coming right out of high school. I mean, he got some a little bit of junior hockey, but you know, he's essentially coming right from high school and he's been very solid right out of the gate. You know, getting a couple goals and um, just you know, I, I've been real surprised and real happy with how he's kind of transitioned into college hockey. So I, you know, I can understand and Brzezinski's done real well in his time. You know, and so I. You know, I, I don't know what they they're judging things on. I mean, they all are pretty solid with their plus minus. I think the lowest is a plus four, you know, out of the defensemen. So, um, you know, they're all doing pretty solid in that regard. So, but it, it continues to work, and as long as you got a good goalie behind you too, that always helps. You know, he played Bischoff. You know, doubled up this past weekend, and you know, Hall sat for a game, but then Hall came back the next night and was very key in some of the the the, the way the get the Gophers played. So. They have seven pretty darn good guys right now, and it's somebody's going to have to sit out every night. Well, and you also have to remember it's a long season. I'm sure that there's going to be yeah. a guy getting dinged up here or there, so you kind of need that depth, and you, you have to feel, you know, somewhat confident that if somebody does go down for you know a little bit period of time, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does, you know, you can feel pretty confident that you have somebody else to step in and do well. Will we ever see Ryan Riley play? Uh, well, <laughs> I I don't know what to say about him. Uh, well, I mean, I just think it's one of those things where it's, you got so much depth out there on this team that you know some some guys are just going to have to be patient and hope that you know they get an opportunity here. I mean, he'll get a chance in a few games, but I mean, I, I think it's pretty fair to say that he's not going to be a consistent presence in a lineup. Yeah, you saw Doug McLeod ask uh, Lucia that after one of the post games. I think the Friday uh, Mankato series, and you could see Lucia was kind of uncomfortable talking about having all three Riley brothers in the lineup. So, you know, it could be a little while. There's just so many good players up top for them. It's going to be hard to crack it. Yeah, it sounds like we may only see him with injuries, unfortunately, so... Well, you mentioned Mankato. Obviously, the Gophers had, you know, I would say we were all fairly happy with the Notre Dame series. And then Mankato comes to town with uh, supposed to be a pretty good team this year. Maybe might win the WCHA. We'll have to see. I think they're struggling a little bit right now. But the Gophers come away with a solid sweep this past weekend, 4-1 to one and 3-0. to zero. Um, A lot of the same, more freshmen scoring. A couple guys who hadn't scored, scored, you know, like. And then... um. Obviously, we got to see somebody we haven't seen in a while, and Michael Shabrowski. So, Vigo, a couple little new things this weekend, but uh, all that matters is that we got the sweep. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, Shabrowski get in there. Uh, after the game, you could talk to the players, and they all were super happy for him. It was his they birthday were, on yeah. Friday night, and uh, they're all you know excited that good things happened to him because he's a good kid, and just uh, keeps his nose clean and, and shows up to practice and works hard, stays after to help the other guys find their shots. And uh, it was just a real solid series. Uh, the defensemen made a lot of smart decisions with the puck all weekend. They got involved in the play. Bischoff jumped into play for a goal. Um, Hall's end-to-end rush led to the um, third goal for um, Saratori on Saturday. So it was good to see. In a game like that, if they start making turnovers all over the ice, it can get to be a, a difficult game, or if they start making a parade to the box, it can be a difficult game, and they avoided both of those. 
Hammy, I, I kind of thought that it was a bit of a boring weekend, for, at least for me. I, it, it just didn't seem like a lot of things were there. I mean, for me, maybe there just wasn't much excitement. Maybe it was the team. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Did you have that feeling at all? Well, I mean, I didn't think it was necessarily boring, but I thought that, you know, I, I think that some of it was the fact that it wasn't quite as up and down. Yeah. Um, I, I think that really Mankato's big issue is offense. I mean, they're struggling big time offensively. And that's why, it, to me, it made a lot of sense for Lucia to start, you know, Shibby in that second game because, um, you know, Mankato has been struggling to put the puck in the net. And um, it's a good way to get your backup some confidence and, you know, your team in general to, to feel good about the, the I mean, it's nice to see guys like that rewarded for their hard work when they don't get to see a lot of ice time. So, um, but I didn't feel it was particularly boring per se. I thought that, um, you know, we kind of came out of the gate r- really well on, on a Friday and then kind of just at the end kind of let it s- slip a little yeah, bit. The third period is pretty brutal Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like uh, <clears throat> that was exactly a positive, but then, you know, and then of course Saturday it was, you know, kind of a tight checking or, you know, one to nothing type of game for the most part, you know, until close to the end. So um, there wasn't a lot of uh, thrills, I guess. So I could see that attitude, but in the end uh, to me, it's, are they playing well? Are they making some plays? You know, they were pretty dominant, I think, on the face-off circle both nights. And um, so I, I thought it was pretty positive all-around weekend. Okay, this is for both of you. What did you guys – I mean, it was great that Shibby got in, but what did you think of his play? We'll start with you, Vigo. Well, I thought he did really well. I mean, he got a lot of traffic around him in yep. front of the net. There was a, a, a big stretch at the opening of the third period where there are probably two or three scrambles in a row where Minnesota is having trouble getting across the red line, gaining the zone, and kind of relieving pressure. And he came through and bailed them out when they needed it. I mean, it was a one nothing game at that point. So if Mankato got a goal there, you know, it's a hockey game, and they probably get energized. But the fact that he was able to stand tall, keep his pads on the ice, and keep the puck out of the net, uh, that was good to see. Amy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you're playing a one nothing game like that, it's kind of, you know, the margin for error. Even though if you're playing well, you know, you still only have that slight margin for error, and all it takes is one bad play. So to have that kind of pressure on him it, and still kind of come through, I think was, you know, definitely a positive sign. I know that he had a few, I think, shaky moments regarding uh, handling the puck a few times, but, um, you know, other, other than that, I, I think that he had a pretty solid outing. And I, I don't know that he was – tremendously challenged it wasn't like you know we were playing a boston college or anything like that but i thought that you know given what we the game was like i thought he did pretty well all right well two pretty successful weekends uh which is always good at this time of year the gophers are one loss and one tie officially on the season still ranked number one and um so that's not and that's good you know looks like the team's playing pretty pretty well as that number one ranked team uh any other little concerns over the past two weekends? How about the number one rating? What Anything you think about that, uh, Hammy? No, you know, I was actually kind of thinking about that uh, this weekend. And, and I really, not to go off on a tangent, but I, I kind of feel that gopher hockey has, over the handful of years, has sort of the fans have reduced their expectations to a degree, I think. I mean, okay. I, mean I, I kind of feel like, we're not going to win the national title every year, but that should be the goal. You know, there's no reason why that shouldn't be the goal at this program is to win it every year. Now, like I said, you're not going to do that, but 
that should be the goal. And I kind of feel like um, fans are a little bit careful, you know, they're a little bit leery of, you know, putting too many expectations. I don't know if it's because they're worried about being let down if they don't do it or, you know, I don't know the exact reasons. And I honestly feel that part of it kind of comes from within the program too. I think that, uh, you know, Lucia at times I've, feel has kind of downplayed, you know, what we should expect, you know, in certain seasons based on, you know, if we were a young team or whatever. And um, I'm not saying that he should be on the paper saying, yeah, we're going to win the national title, but you know, that, that'd be awfully stupid. But I do think that, uh, you know, we should always have very high standards. And so having the number one ranking, I think that we should um, embrace that, you know, that challenge and embrace those kinds of expectations and, Sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it doesn't, but I would rather have really high expectations than not. I guess it's just been a few years. <laughs> and like you said, Lucia is always kind of downplaying it. And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe we do need to kind of expect it a little more and expect the team to play well, even though they're ranked number one. So any thoughts, Vigo? No, I, I, I agree with Hammy there. I mean, this is Minnesota. They get the, the top choice of, of their recruits for the most part. I think there was a quote I, I read uh, from another unnamed college coach who said, you know, one of the advantages of recruiting Minnesota kids is they don't commit until they're 16 or 17. And that's because those kids are waiting to hear a phone call from Don Lucia or Grant Tolney or Mike Gensel saying, we want you to play for, for the M. And so, you know, the expectations should be high. Uh, on the flip side, college hockey is improving. I think, you know, the top 30 teams in college hockey are are better than they were 20 years ago. And you get in those playoff games, you know, it can be tough to win a, a one nothing game against those teams when they just shell up. So, you know, expectations should be high. And I, and I think going into the Big Ten season here in two weeks, uh, that they look like the top team in the Big Ten right now. I think Wisconsin struggled a little bit. Michigan's got some youth. Um, and those are the, the other top two teams. So I think, you know, expecting Minnesota to win the Big Ten is a is a realistic one. Sounds good to me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, don't forget, if you're listening live, you can tweet us at GopherPuckLive, and we'll, you know, take your suggestions or questions or whatever. Also, you can call us and leave a voicemail at 320-321-9584 and you know, we had a couple last time. We'll get to and play them, and we'll make you be part of the podcast if we can. And we do have one here so far. Well, we've got two, but one of them that with a little more lengthy. And let's take a listen here. Hey, it's Zach from Mankato. Uh, Gophers recently uh, had a series set up between them and North Dakota in the 2016 and 2017 seasons. What do you make of that? Do you think it will be the classic Minnesota and North Dakota series, or you think it will be less physical since they haven't seen each other or will have seen each other in the last three years? What's your take on that? Thanks. What do you think, Vigo? What's your take? You think uh, it's going to be old school North Dakota, Minnesota when they get back together in a few seasons? Well, I know North Dakota has a tendency to play that kind of physical hockey and get up and down the rink. So I think both programs will get excited for that game. Um, you know, both teams should st- still be among the top programs in college hockey, you'd think, at that time. So I think, and the fans especially will get up for it. I expect, you know, high demand for tickets for those series. You know, Hammy, I I think we're going to see each other a lot sooner. (laughs) Because uh, you know, since we're not in the same conference anymore, 
the NCAA is just going to love putting us together in the same regional. So I think the bad blood will be there no matter what comes 2016. Yeah, I mean, I think that the odds are pretty good considering that both teams are usually in NCAAs. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen this year because uh, North Dakota has been struggling a bit and they've been, in my opinion, a bit mediocre. So we'll see if they rebound. Well, I think <laughs> if you're honest, if you take an honest look at it, that's what the results say. So um, whether they improve and rebound, we'll see. I mean, if they do, it wouldn't shock me if we play them. But as far as whether or not the intensity is going to be there, um, I'm sure there will always be aspects of that, but I think that, you know, realistically, I think a lot of it's going to be more marketing hype, you know, as a marketing guy. I mean, yeah. I just have a feeling that a lot of it's going to be more of the marketing hype. Um, the Ballard crazy thing. Yeah, we, we've already kind of seen a bit of that, and, you know, we're still, what, three years out or whatever. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel that some of it's going to be manufactured. Um, I'm, I'm sure that the fans will be excited. A lot of the fans will be um, and but I also agree with you. It's going to somewhat depend on, you know, do we face each other in the interim and in the NCAA's? And uh, because I, you know, when you're spending three years apart from each other, you're not really playing any significant games. If we don't face each other in the playoffs, um, you know, even the, the regular season series that we're going to be playing, they don't have quite the same, you know, meaning given you're not fighting for the That's same right. league titles yep. and all that stuff. So I think that you know. I think it's probably not entirely realistic to expect it to be exactly like it was. Um, I'm sure it'll have elements of that, but I, I think that, uh, you know, it probably won't be quite as intense as it used to be. Personally, I think the new bad blood is going to be with Michigan. And I really hope that is the case. That's just my own personal feelings. I, I've always loved the Michigan games, and now the games with Michigan are going to mean a hell of a lot more. You know, they've historically been an excellent team. And uh, watch out, folks. It's going to be fun. So uh, we lost North Dakota, but we've gained back Michigan. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, you know, it's always familiarity. A lot of times yeah. breeds contempt, you know. And, and like I said, you know, when you're starting to fight for the same trophies and you're starting to play key games that lead to winning or losing those trophies, um there's definitely going to be an increase in that rivalry. And, I, you know, we played – I mean, I think we all remember being frustrated by playing Michigan and the NCAAs kind of like yeah. during the Woog era. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we've kind of gotten some of that, you know, back like when Vanek scored the OT winner against them back in 2003 and some of the other things that we've – I mean, we've done a lot better against them recently. So um, – I, but I think that that's going to be certainly – if you're going to pick any team on a schedule on an annual basis. That'd be the one that probably be most likely to replace the, uh, North, or excuse me, North Dakota rivalry. Well, hopefully their fans are much better than those jerks up at North Dakota. So here, here, because we know you had some of that already this week, didn't you? Little back and forth. Some people bitching about your tweet about Huntsville. I mean, really? Yeah. You got ten zip. Come on, people. I guess and and why people, are these people in North Dakota, why do they care? Well, I think a few – well, look at the product on the ice that they have to look at. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably want to be looking at, you know, what, what somebody else is saying too if I had to deal with that. But, I mean, to me it was a little ridiculous. I mean, first of all, all I really said was that they're an embarrassment. And if you look at the statistics, they, they are. I mean, they're 0-10 – 
They've been outscored basically, what, I think it was 50 to 11 in those games. They got blown out 10 to nothing on home ice. And it's like, look, I'm glad but that they are still around. I never said that they should be, you know, totally annihilated from college hockey and we should get rid of them. I never said that. What I said is they're embarrassing and they suck. And I think that if you're, unless you aren't a competitor, I mean, I would even suggest that those players are probably embarrassed by those results. If they're not, then they should be playing sports. And secondly, if you can't call it as it is, then you're probably a candy ass, politically correct, no balls person. <laughs> I mean, that's just reality. Oh, I just love it. I love it when you vent, man. It's good when you vent like this. I mean, if you're honest and you look at things statistically, if you took the name off of that and you just showed the average hockey fan, here are the, the stats, what would you say? I would guarantee you pretty much every hockey fan would say, that's pretty damn bad. And so to call it as it is and to have somebody whine about it, and I, I thought it was kind of funny that they didn't have the guts to even connect my name to it on Twitter, so I was even aware of it. I had to find out through somebody else telling me. It's like, you know, what kind of gutless work move is that? But nonetheless, it's not like I called them like they should get rid of them or whatever. I'm glad that they're around because at least it's another, you know, 18 scholarships to give to kids and and whatever. But that doesn't mean you can't call it as it is. It's not Little League Baseball where you're going to give everybody a participation trophy and pat them on the head and be like, oh, you did a really good job, little Johnny. You did a good job. I mean, come on. If you suck, you suck. And it's nothing wrong with calling that. <laughs> You know, I kind of agree with you. If you, you know, when the Gophers have been bad at times, you know what? I tell them that they suck. That's just the way it is. And here's the other thing that cracks me up is like you always hear this whole, "Oh, it's the Gopher arrogance card," and they're oh, arrogant. Oh, I saw that but, too. <laughs> but but here's the thing. This is the thing that makes me laugh about these morons is that they don't seem to realize that most Gopher hockey fans are also Gopher sports fans. And if anybody knows what it's like to follow a team that sucks or has not been very good for a long period of time, it's freaking Gopher fans because we've seen it with the football team for 40-plus years. Now, we've had little blips on the radar where they've been average or above average, and hopefully Coach Kill is turning it around here now. But come on. I, I remember back in what? I think it was like 83 where we got absolutely destroyed by Nebraska, something like, I don't even remember the score, like 80-something 80 80 to 13 yeah, or something yeah, ridiculous. You know, yeah, I mean, it's like, that's like the equivalent of getting blown out 10 to nothing on your own rank. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so if anybody can call it as it is and, and realize that, yeah, it sucks to be in those shoes, it's a gopher fan, okay? So these people need to ditch the whole gopher arrogance card and pull their head out of their ass. Vigo, would you like to follow that up? You know, I know you missed probably quite a bit of it because you were having some Skype issues, but... Uh... Uh, Hammy was picked on a little bit, and uh, he's venting a bit, and I kind of like it. I heard about this, and uh, you know, it's I'm glad to have more college hockey programs around because if they start losing them, then the tournament gets smaller, and and that's just bad, and no one liked that. So you want to try to keep them around, but they are they are struggling a little bit. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that means that we want their program, you know, erased and canceled, and all those kids yeah, can't I play college hockey, but. That's the thing that I think sort of got lost in is like just because I said that they're embarrassing, that's not me saying let's just totally annihilate the program and get rid of them. But come on, if you suck, you suck. So it's like call it as it is. If you can't call it as it is, then why even have an opinion at all? 
and you'd hope that the administration will get behind them and give them, you know, some facilities or, or a little bit more budget to improve. And, you know, I just got my uh, Golden Gopher Fund uh, little pamphlet this week, and it costs, you know, $47,000 for each Golden Gopher athlete. So, you know, they got to step up and, and do what it takes if they want to be competitive. You know, and I know that this is – I don't want to go off too far off on a tangent, hey, but I do fine. think – well, at some point – you know, I think the discussion needs to be with the future of college hockey is where do you see the growth? Because to me, as much as it's nice to have these smaller programs or whatever, that's not really where college hockey is going to grow in the long run because you can't have a lot of these smaller programs that are basically scratching and clawing to keep their head above water, you know, and, and just eking by and not really being terribly competitive you're not going to grow the sport that way. You need more investment. You need some of these bigger schools. That, and that's why I think Penn State is so important because it's sort of a test case for some of these other bigger universities to look at and say, hey, you know, they did it well. Now, granted, you're not going to have an $85 million or whatever it was arena, but, you know, if we invest and we play it smart, we can do something successful here too. That's why – I think Penn State is so important for the future of college hockey. And I'm not trying to put down the little guys, but I think that realistically, if you want to to really grow the sport, that's where it's going to grow. It's not going to grow with some little peon school. It's going to grow with some of the bigger universities. One of the thoughts I actually kind of had is it may have been better if the CCHA stayed together and maybe picked up Huntsville on their own and the WCHA would have been just fine if they would have stayed. But once, you know, Denver and everyone broke up, started the national, it left both leagues kind of screwed. So they had to combine together and it, it's just going to take a few years to adjust it. it people, it's just going to have to be patient because we just don't know right now. Um, I, should we shut down Huntsville? If, no, but you know what? Let's give them a couple years to be in a legitimate conference, and maybe they will be able to do better there. Otherwise, I think you're right. We should have maybe look at it. It might not be the right area to have hockey. I mean, we've lost hockey in quite a few areas around the country, you know, back in the day, back in the 80s, and uh, maybe it's time again for it to happen. Who knows? But it's all about the money, guys. It's all about the money. Unless you have money like they did for Penn State, Starting a program is next to impossible. No doubt about it. So, oh boy, oh, now I can't wait to hear from Goon and all his little other little goons. <laughs> that was a quality rant, Hammy. I'm, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I try. <laughs> all right, I, mean, boys. I don't mind. I don't mind it, but it's just kind of like, dude, you know. If you're going to say something, at least at least make me aware of it. Oh, just let them have their little tiff and let them whine and stuff like that. We know what their problems are. And, well, there's and no doubt we'll, we'll keep our arrogance big and proud. So, All right, guys, a couple other things I would love to talk about. One of them being specialty teams, guys. Uh, power play just keeps falling. We are now 48th in the country on the power play. That's out of like 59 teams. Penalty kill is 39th. Vigo, are you concerned yet? <laughs> I am a little bit concerned. I mean, the, the power play units 
they're gaining the zone, so their zone entries look yeah. pretty clean for the most part. The only time they've really struggled doing that was Notre Dame. And, you know, part of that's going up against a 1-3-4 check on a smaller ice surface against one of the better teams in college hockey. Uh, when they played Boston College, Boston College had one of the best penalty kill uh, units in college hockey last year, and they returned most of those guys. So, you know, that's not as concerning. But what does concern me is they're still shuffling guys through the unit. Uh, we saw Connor Riley there this weekend, and uh, he did get a goal. Uh, but at the same point, they, they, they still don't look very dynamic. The best three that looked like to me were Kloos, Camerata, and Riley. And now they've taken Riley off that group and put Marshall with that group. So, you know, that chemistry that they were showing isn't going to translate with Marshall there. Uh, so that's a little concerning. Uh, penalty kill, it's a little bit harder to to tell uh they've been giving up the zone a little too easy i think based on what i see but you know they had to replace a lot of guys who were in those roles last year you know one of the things that you know i'm not as concerned on the penalty kill is that they're one of the lowest penalized teams i mean they're averaging under 10 minutes a game which is pretty low uh compared to where a lot of other schools are so it, it kind of balances out a little bit on that end. But, Hammy, what do you think power play so far and penalty kill? Well, I think that, first of all, you kind of have to, you know, it's not going to be top 10 units this year, especially when you've kind of off to a slow start. So, I mean, when you start looking at where they're ranked among, you know, NCAA teams, I mean, they'll improve throughout the year, I think. But, I mean, they're never going to – they're very – I mean, unless they have to go on some unreal clip – of scoring goals or whatever, I, I highly doubt we're going to see him suddenly jump up into the top 10. Maybe, but I, I wouldn't suspect it. Um, the one thing I would point out with the power play that, you know, has kind of, I mean, we already know about the personnel, you know, a lot of new personnel out there and whatever, but, you know, we've played some very good penalty killing teams. I mean, if you look at the current top 10 and penalty kill, you know, this weekend against Duluth being another one, um, we play like five of the top 10 penalty kill teams. I think I mean, Notre Dame, we've played, we we're going to play in UMD this weekend. We played Boston college. We played Bemidji. We played uh, Minnesota state last week. And those are all top 10 penalty kills. So it's not like we've been going against the little sisters of the poor, you know, with regard to, um, the opponent's penalty kill. So I think that that's going to play a role in it as well as the fact that we've had, you know, some new faces out on the ice and uh, particularly in the top, uh, power play unit. All right. One other thing I would like to talk about is that he scored a goal first game of the season. Haven't heard from him in the goal column since. That is Kyle Rao. Vigo, you and I had kind of talked about this a bit uh, this past Saturday night when we were at the game. Um, yeah, he's he's fourth in scoring still. You know, he's got nine assists. But he's got to be getting frustrated. And we kind of see that at, a, at times on the ice. And because he hasn't put the puck away in a long time. Yeah, I think, you know, he'll he'll force it a little bit at the end of the game when maybe the smart play is just to clear the zone and you know, relieve the pressure he's trying to maybe try to create a scoring chance for himself. But the biggest thing, I think, is he's getting so much more attention on the ice. Um, you could hear Bischoff talk about it, that Rao just, you know, draws attention to himself and is having a hard time getting free. And then on the flip side, he's got all the added responsibilities of playing center, you know, and he, you know, can't leave the zone quite as quick and he's got to stay maybe a little bit higher in the offensive zone. You know, that's affecting his, his scoring. 
I mean, luckily, warning and fashing look to be, you know, like they can put the puck in the net. And so they're not getting hurt so much on the top line. But it has got to be a concern because he's gotten frustrated and taken a couple penalties this year, and that might have something to do with it. Are you concerned at all, Hammy? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, you know, he does have different responsibilities. I think, you know, certainly he doesn't have a Bukestad out there that's going to be, you know, kind of drawing a lot of the shooting attention and leaving him. I mean, let's face it, a lot of his goals are, you know, scored on that kind of the right side of the net, you know, kind of that play just where he's just standing there and kind of cleaning up some of the garbage. Um, that's where a lot of his goals were scored last year. And But now that's um, where fashing is a lot. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you have to look at there's only going to be, I mean, each line is going to only get so much ice time. And when these guys, they're still scoring on a similar clip to last year's top line. Um, and so I don't really care who's scoring the goals as long as that line is creating opportunities and putting them in the net. And so the fact that warning and fashing, you know, are, are kind of stepping up and taking some of those response responsibilities. It, to me, it doesn't really matter how much I'm sure for Rao, it matters, of course, because he's going to want to score goals, but ultimately as a fan, as somebody who just cares about the end results of the team, as long as the line's scoring, I don't really care who's doing it. That's true. But, uh, a happy row is a good row. So hopefully he can get it going. Cause, uh, once he, if he starts scoring, it just seems like he just pisses off the opponents even more because then he starts chirping. And well, uh, I think he's a guy. <laughs> I think he's a guy. You know, to look to jump start the power play a little bit. You know, if they start doing that kind of pass off pad type <laughs> power play to get some opportunities and yeah. increase for him to jump on pucks, you know, that would be good to see. It it does kind of look like the shooters are trying to pick the top corners on those one timers. When you know, if they just put something low and hard into the pads and route jumps those pucks, you know, that's that's going to be a good way for him to get in the score scoreboard. Well, and I think the other thing for me is that I, I what I care about with Rob, I don't want to see him chirping as much, to be honest with you. He's in a leadership role now. I want him to be a little bit more, you know, responsible with how he's acting out there and setting a tone that's not, you know, kind of a little bit on the edge. Uh, I don't really like, like when he's, he has not been heavily penalized this year, but, you know, like when he takes that run, um, you know, I, I think it was at Notre Dame or whatever, you know, stuff like that, you know, that's a little bit borderline. I, I'd kind of like to see him just tone some of that stuff down. And, and I, you know, I'm not on the ice, so I don't know how much he's chirping or not, but um, as far as this year goes, so, but I'm hoping that, you know, that's toned down a little bit. Yeah, I've only been down on the ice for one period and I didn't hear him chirping too much. So in the past, I've heard him quite a bit. So we'll have to see there. And maybe he is, you know, trying to, be a little different on the ice but uh you know we'll have to wait and see all right boys this weekend we got our old foes from up duluth the bulldogs coming down to play the gophers for a set that's friday and sunday sunday remember the game was moved due to football so sunday at 4 p.m you have saturday tickets just remember that Vigo, the Bulldogs back in town and no we don't have drunk hockey guy on because he doesn't have a website anymore so there's really no reason for him to have to be on i guess Vigo, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think Duluth has shown that they can play with teams. I mean, they've got wins over Notre Dame and North Dakota already. Um, they've also had some some shaky losses with uh, Ohio State and and Michigan Tech and uh, the overtime loss. But uh, you know, Duluth has talent. They've got some guys who can really put the puck in the net, and uh, you know, they've got decent goaltending. I think last year they were a really young team. 
And so it kind of gave them a chance to put those young guys in scoring roles and they probably developed and you know, they're going to get excited for this weekend. So it's going to be a tough series. Hammy, what do you think? Bulldogs in town. I know you miss drunk hockey guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> no, um, you know, I think that it's, it should be a pretty competitive series. I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, judging strictly off statistics, I mean, um, they're not necessarily the most offensive team in the world. I mean, they did put up, you know, some good goals on North Dakota, but, well, I won't even go there. But anyways. Uh, oh, come you know, on. I, you want to go there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, nonetheless, I think that, you know, it's going to be a competitive series. And I think that, you know, they look like they're doing pretty well defensively. You know, they're getting some good goaltending numbers, you know, statistically. And, and they're uh, they're very good amongst uh, nationally in terms of goals against. So I, I would suspect that they're going to be, you know, maybe a little bit. I, I do think that's going to be a pretty open skating game because I think that they have some really good skaters. And uh, I could be in some respects kind of like what we saw with Boston College. But then again, you know, I think that they're a little bit maybe a little bit better defensively, maybe not good as offensively as, as a BC, of course, but defensively they're probably a, a little bit more veteran and a little bit more solid back there. So um, so I think it's going to be a good series. It should be entertaining. Who are some of the young guys, or the new guys that we should be looking out for this weekend, Hammy? Well, I think, uh, you know, Toninato is a, he's definitely a good player. He, he did well, well at Fargo last year. He, he uh, played up in Duluth as a high schooler. So he's a real good player. Um, I don't know if you're, if you're talking strictly freshman here or what are we talking about? Yeah, freshman or anything Osterberg's like that. Osterberg's a small, he's, Osterberg's a, he's a, a Lakeville product, kind of like clues. And, uh, okay. he's a real, he's kind of a smaller kid. That's real kind of skilled and quick. And, uh, I, you know, I like his game. Um, those are the two guys locally that, you know, that I kind of connect with the most as far as their first year guys go. I know that they have a few other freshmen that, um, that have been showing some good stuff early on. You know, Raskob's a, a kid from Hastings that played at uh, Shattuck, I believe. So um, he's on defense. He's a pretty good player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they have some good young talent on their program. So what do you think? you think the Govers could sweep or it'll be more of a split type of weekend, Hammy? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that for some reason this weekend, I, I'm I'm kind of going more with the split vibe just because uh, I think that Duluth has – proven that they can play pretty well against some good teams. I mean, you know, you're going on the playing Notre Dame and split with them. And, you know, they just had a pretty solid uh, split on the road at North Dakota, even though North Dakota is not the usual North Dakota, but you know, it's still a nice result in Grand Forks. So um, it wouldn't shock me if it comes out of split. I think that we're the better team, but I think that, you know, when you have a rivalry series, you kind of have to put some of the talent advantages and some of those other things aside and, and, uh, just kind of see how it shakes out, but um, it wouldn't shock me if it's a split. I'm going sweep all the way. Dogs suck. Vigo, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I wish I could agree with you, but I, I do Come kind on. of see a split coming this weekend. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, Crandall's been playing really well this year, and I, I really like uh, Austin Farley and Tony uh, Cameronisi. I think those two guys are really dynamic. Um, I know their power play can be pretty pretty potent. So I, I can see them getting a game where they where they get a lead and and then uh, hunker down and, and protect it. So I, I think they're going to get a split this weekend. Okay, well you guys suck and I rule because they're going to well, sweep. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I believe me. I think we should sweep, but I'm just saying what I think 
you know, my gut is kind of telling me. My heart tells me, yeah, sweep. But <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they should sweep. But I just think that there's going to be enough wide open hockey in this game because it's going to get that racehorse style. And you know, the the Gopher defensemen seem to be making really great decisions the whole season, and this might be a game where they struggle a little bit. I don't know. People ripping on Ben Marshall quite a bit. I see that on GPL. Uh, I've been ripping him a little bit too. Yeah, well, it's some of like his decisions I... lately have been a little iffy on the defensive side. That's, but you know, I'll give him some more time before I make him the whipping boy. Well, I mean, here's the thing with a kid like that. He's very dynamic with the puck. He's always been more of an offensive defenseman. I mean, he's going to be a high risk, high reward type of a player from the blue line and. I think he adds an element that other than Mike Riley, you know, no other defenseman on the Gophers, at least at this point, really has, which is just really being able to um, create with, you know, speed and, and his skill, you know, on the rush. And um, so, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you're going to have some mistakes here or there, but I, I really feel, you know, glad that he's on the team. I think he adds some elements that uh, are very valuable. And for the first time in forever, the women's hockey team actually lost a game. 62 straight guys. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about them this year because, you know, there was no need to. They were they were solid. They kept winning. Some of them, they had to come back and win. But uh, still number one. And uh, no matter what anybody says, uh, 62 games is just simply amazing for a hockey team. Men's, women's, I, I don't care. Um, they more than doubled the record, if I recall. I mean, I think the men's record was what, 20-something or maybe 30? Uh, to go 62 games without a loss or a tie is uh, simply amazing, and hopefully they can uh, get their game back together after this one loss this weekend. You know, I know you're just bringing this up to get under a drunk hockey guy's skin because he's always a women's hockey hater. Oh, I know, I know. Ooh, jumped on the bandwagon, blah, blah, blah. We know that not many people follow them, but hey... When they do amazing things, we're going to talk about it. So yeah, I agree. Congratulations! It's a great, it's a great streak. And you it's, know, for me, yeah. if anything, I really believe that this kind of stuff maybe takes a little bit of the pressure off because yeah, you don't have everybody talking. I mean, it's it, great. It's great when it's going on, but you know, to have that kind of you know, you're almost having to be perfect every weekend, weekend after weekend. That's a lot to carry around with you. It's a great feeling, and at, when you look back on it. But it's a lot of pressure still to have to win to keep it going. And, and now they can just kind of, okay, that's over with. Let's refocus, and now let's try to win another national title. So I think in the long run it can be something that is actually beneficial to this year's team. Yeah, get, yeah, a, if it, get a couple losses, and that's better than losing later in the season because you know last season the, the pressure was just tremendous on them. I can't, I can't imagine the pressure. You know, they had everything at home. They were undefeated. If they didn't perform, it was a huge disappointment. So I think it's the pressure was not there as much this year. But, uh, boy, 62, it's just amazing, Viggs. Yeah, I think the pressure would have built had they carried the streak all the way with them in the playoffs. And if anything, it probably makes their season easier from a certain standpoint. But, yeah, like Brad Frost said, you know, congrats to the team that can win 63 because 62 is one heck of a number. Uh, Yeah. It won't be touched by a men's team. I just don't think, not with the way that uh, college hockey is set up for men these days. You know, maybe, maybe another women's team. Who knows? But men, it's just not going to happen. Not, not until there's another twelve Alabama Huntsville's. 
<laughs> hey guys, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, St. Cloud State right behind us there in the rankings? Same record, eight one and one. Um, sounds like they're doing pretty good up there, huh, Vegs? Yeah, I I was a little surprised. You know, they lost a couple players off their team last year, and they they kind of ended last year on a down note. But you know, they're playing well so far. You know, that's another team that would be fun to see in the playoffs. What do you think, Hammy St. Cloud? Are they a fraud, or are they doing pretty well, you think? Well, I, I mean, I think it's really revolves around this year. It's a different kind of team. I mean, they're not really nearly as offensively strong as they were last year. They're more of a defensive-minded team this year. They're doing real well uh, defensively. Um, they got some veteran players on the blue line, and they got, you know, their uh, Farragher's back in goal. Um so I think that, you know, that's where the strength of their team is. It's, so it's a little bit different. You know, it's good results, but it's just done a little differently this year for them. And, and uh, you know, I will say that it's so early, and I think that we're seeing that other than, you know, from what I look at, I don't remember everybody on their schedule, but from the teams that I remember being on their schedule, other than Miami, I don't know that they've really played anybody. I mean, I know they played North Dakota, but I think North Dakota's mediocre this year. So, I don't know that that's, I mean, it's great to sweep there. Don't get me wrong. It's never something you should sneeze at, but oh, nonetheless, yeah. it's not like this is a loaded North Dakota team either. And, and so I think that, you know, it's a little bit early yet to, to understand, you know, who's doing what. And I think, so I think that sometimes early on, it can be a little deceiving because people look at the name brand of who you've played and don't really think about, well, is that team really strong this year or not? So we'll see. There's lots of season left, so we'll see what happens. Any other teams out there you guys kind of surprised or disappointed in? You know, anywhere in the college hockey? I noticed we kind of we were kind of whip you know ripping on Denver earlier, but they seem to have picked it up a little more recently now that they've gotten into conference play. Anyone else? Yeah, Nebraska, the, Omaha the, playing the big, better too. The big surprise for me so far is Wisconsin not playing very well. I think you yeah. know they they had really high expectations coming into the season. They're the Big Ten favorite. You know and they've they've dropped. A couple games already, and and they've struggled. They've played some ugly hockey too, and their attendance keeps going down year by year. Been well, ta- I've been talking about that a little bit on Twitter in the last week. How you know over the few years they've gone from averaging fifteen a game to thirteen to eleven to like just under ten, and now it's even lower than that. They've lost an average of five thousand fans a game in the last three, four seasons. That's a huge chunk. Yeah, that is pretty brutal. I mean, they, I mean, even when they had good teams and bad teams, they, the, the, you know, those idiot fans, we know they're stupid, but they go and cheer on their badgers. They always did, but I've ne- I mean, to lose you know, basically one-third of their average is, is quite striking for what's going on over there. Well, I think the other the, – the- the thing that I find a little ironic is that the NCHC hasn't been this juggernaut, you know, running roughshod over the rest of college hockey. Like they were talking going into this year, you know, I mean, they had, you know, they didn't have a Penn state, you know, they didn't have one of those newbie programs and all that kind of stuff to, you know, all their teams were pretty well established and none of them other than really St. Cloud has, has shown, a great deal of success so far with their record. I mean, even Miami hasn't been, I mean, they've already got four losses. So, I mean, it's not like they've been fantastic. I mean, they've, they're a good team, but um, as far as, 
the conference itself goes, I mean, they're not like running roughshod like a lot of their fans kind of were predicting prior to the year. So um, I think that that's a little bit of an interesting result. I mean, I, I know that's what was it, Michigan just split at at uh, UNO, and yep. I don't remember, you know, on Wisconsin just split at Miami. And, and so, I mean, I'll, it's not like they're head and shoulders above everybody else, like a lot of people were thinking they would be. Well, if you look at their standings, you know, even though North Dakota is technically in third place, they've played a bunch more games than anybody. They've got five losses already in league play, whereas no one else is even – well, I suppose Colorado College has four losses, but, you know, St. Cloud's only have has the one loss so far. So it'd be a shame if, you know – North Dakota didn't do so well in their new super conference that was going to be the best conference with the best contracts and the best everything ever. It'd be a shame if they didn't do so well. Yeah, I'm a little shocked. In those games, they won't make the tournament. Yeah. That's true. I, you know, look at CC, how they've dropped oh, off. Hey, I, I just look at that. One and four in conference, one and six and one overall. Yikes. I mean, you don't really expect to see CC, you know, they haven't really struggled like that basically since right before Lucia took over there, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's kind of shocking to see them, you know, playing that poorly. I mean, only 10 goals scored in eight games, and, I mean, that's pretty bad. We'll have to see. You know, I, I, we'll get into more conference plays soon, but uh, I, I it'll be interesting to watch what happens over the year. I uh, Will they be calling for Hackstall's head like they do they like they do every fall so far, or will North Dakota do their own bounce back and maybe you know contend for a title? Who knows? But as of right now, they're kind of in trouble in their own league. So we will see. Guys, you got anything else for this week? Uh, I think I saw. I mean, you'll have to verify this, but I think I saw a question on Twitter from somebody asking about the whole uh, rank size yep. issue and well, all that right. kind of stuff. Uh, well, it looks like, you know, we got this big $10 million donation from a couple people or whatever. And, uh, I'm not sure about the time, but it sounds like they are going to reduce the size of the rink. Um, originally I had heard they'd go to about 93. Now it's looking like they'll go closer to 90 feet wide. They may dig down. It just kind of depends what the architect says. They will not be going down to full NHL size, uh, I mean, there's only so much they could do without messing up the seating, you know, in the corners and whatnot. Um, the other thing I heard is that uh, Gensel would like to change the radius in the corners. You know, right now their radius is is 20 feet, which is very small and makes it deep, actually. Uh, NHL radius is closer to 28 feet, you know, much more rounded. Uh, uh, from what I heard, they'd like to go to somewhere in between, more along the 24-foot type radius in the corners. So just so they're not as deep as they are now because, uh, Vigo, you've played at Mariucci, and I have too. It's Those are deep corners, and there's a lot of space over there. So they'd like yeah, to minimize really that. Yeah, they'd like to minimize that a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, uh, they're going to rip up the whole uh, locker room area. They're going to, you know, uh, as Vigo would know, probably Ham, you might know too, you know, you got these double doors that kind of lead into the two, you know, the the opponent and then the gopher locker room and training area, they plan to just clean it all out and start over. I'm not, you know, not sure when, but uh, it's coming soon. Maybe this summer or maybe the summer afterwards. Uh, we'll have to see, but a smaller rink is coming, people. Um, you know, we play a lot of teams that have smaller ranks. We're not in the WCHA anymore. We're pretty much half the teams 
had Olympic size. I mean, even look at Mankato. Mankato redid their rink this year, and they went to an NHL size themselves. So it's – I know a lot of people might like the big ice, but it's going to it's gonna disappear, folks. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are debating about the positives or the negatives of – you know, reducing the ice sheet and whatever. Yeah, and, and it might affect recruiting, maybe. Who knows? Well, you know, here's the thing. This is to me where people, a lot of times they, maybe they're all, maybe it's the bias of having had a program that's always, you know, or at least for a long time has had an NHL, or excuse me, an Olympic-sized rink. And, and the reality is, is that there are a lot of programs, and to me the a program like BC is a perfect example because they play on, I believe it's a 200 by 87 and, you know, which is essentially NHL, you know, it's not 85, yep. but nonetheless, you know, it's essentially NHL size. BC is the most successful program in college hockey, probably in the last 10 or you know so years. They've had many players that are sort of that smaller water bug skilled player that are fast and quick and create a lot of offense. They've had a lot of players like that that have been very successful there on that kind of a rank. Um, and you can't argue with the results. And, you know, so when people start talking about, oh, it's going to automatically lead to slowed down games and traps and blah, blah, blah. To no. me, that's, that's a lot of crap. I think that's a lot of garbage. I think that, um, you know, I don't know if it's that they got, skewed by what they saw in the NHL, you know, in the 90s and, you know, the first half of last decade where there was a lot of obstruction and trap and all that. But once you kept cracking down on that stuff, you know, the game opens up. So I just think that if you legitimately look at some of the programs, I mean, look at our opponent this weekend. You know, they won the national title a few years back, and they some of their key players were guys like Connolly, you know. I mean, he's a five, what, eight? player, you know, five foot inch, inch player. I mean, you have JT Brown wasn't a big, you know, he wasn't a big guy. So, I mean, you have guys that are successful and, and teams that are successful playing on these smaller ranks. And I just think it's a, a knee-jerk reaction act like somehow it's going to make the game worse or slow it down just because we're not in an ocean at Mariucci. What do you think, Viggs, about the smaller ice coming to Mariucci soon? Well, I think it's just one more, you know, chip in the bucket for you know stay in college and play college hockey and keep developing for the nhl you know i think sometimes you know that's one thing that the the nhl teams say is you know they don't like their players playing on the bigger ice it's one of the reasons they want to bring players from europe into the ahl it's to get them playing in a rink with less time and space to make plays so it forces you to play a little bit faster um it's going to make things a little bit different on, on power plays because you're going to see more of that one, three type look. Um, when you have the big ice, it's hard to do that and be successful, but you're going to see it on the smaller ranks. So if anything, that's going to help them, you know, transition into the NCAA tournament, because I don't think there's too many NCAA tournament games being played on the big ice. So I think it's, it's only going to help the program. Well, I think the other thing that people sometimes mistake is like somehow they think that because you're on an Olympic size sheet, you can't teams can't play a trap or teams don't slow it down or whatever. But they do. I mean, we've we seen see it, it all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've seen it with like Anchorage, for instance. How many games have we played against them where we outshoot them like forty-five to fifteen, and it ends up a two-one game exactly. because we're shooting all these shots from way on the outside, and it is cram it in and the slot around the net because we're not getting thing, you know, getting any quality shots. And it's like, 
dude, if you think just because you're on an Olympic size sheet, that that means that other teams can't play that slow it down trap stuff. You're, you're kidding yourself. I mean, where have you been watching hockey? I mean, that's happened to the Gophers many times on Mariucci's, you know, current rink. So I think that sometimes people will just get, I get caught up in, you know, oh, well, bigger, you know, bigger ice, more ice means that that's going to be more wide open and more skill play and whatever. And I actually think that if you, if you watch games on the big ice, a lot of teams, a lot of players don't actually move the puck as quickly because they don't feel that pressure. They don't feel like, you know, they skate around guys more. They hold on to the puck more and the puck movement isn't even necessarily as good because they know they have that extra time. Whereas if you play on a regulation or, like when we used to play at the old deck, I mean, that's an even smaller rink or was a smaller rink than NHL regulation. And you have to make quick decisions. You have to move the puck quickly, you know, maybe shorter passes. And and, you have to, and if you make turnovers, it turns around on you quick. So I don't really buy that suddenly the game is going to be this big slugfest, slow it down, you know, watching paint dry type of style. <laughs> well, it's coming, you know, it's just... Give it a year or two. It, uh, the change is coming to Mariucci. Obviously, 90 feet is not that bad, so we'll have to see. We had one more question from a user, and I, you guys might know who this is. And It's not Drunk Cocky Guy, but uh, you might recognize him. Yeah, it's a uh, first-time listener and a long-time caller. Uh, when, are you gonna, when are you guys going to have more trivia on your uh, podcast? <laughs> Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Was that Cliff Clavin? <laughs> I I I don't know. I <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that was Zwak being a funny man. Wondering about trivia. Well, we don't care about trivia here. We'll go see you at Old Chicago sometimes, Zwak. Okay, we'll come see you. Anything else for this week, guys? Nah, I think we've uh, said plenty. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I know we, I have. we got you going. And that's all that matters, and that's what—that's when it's fun. So, Vigo, you good to go? Good to go. Looking forward to uh, three games on campus this weekend. Oh boy, I'll, the big I'll be f- at two out of three. Oh boy, football! I uh, go Gophers. I, I know go Gophers, but I'm not feeling good about this at all. Sorry to be negative, Nancy, but. Uh, uh, well, we'll just have well, to see. I'm just looking for a close game. Yeah, that would be nice because it really hasn't been close with Wisconsin in a while. So, you know what? They've had a successful year, no matter what happens this next couple of weeks. Oh, don't say that. That's what we say all the time. Beat well, the bad. Win. Yeah, I mean, Man, don't get me wrong. I want yeah. to kill them, but I'm just saying, no matter what happens, I'm happy with how they progress. So, good for them. Yeah. Well, as you heard from Zwak and, uh, and, and Zach from Mankato, you can participate if you want. Just leave us a voicemail at 320-321-9584, and you know, we'll try to get you on the air if we can. We're still trying to get it do something new, but we need you to call. Don't be shy. Call. Be funny. I don't care. Just don't swear. Uh, otherwise, you know, during the broadcast or you know, any time during the week, we'll try to write it down, but just tweet us at GopherPuckLive or at evigo or at hammy hockey use twitter let us know what do you want us to talk about something specific whatever you want we'll try to get to it other than that i think we're done this week boys we'll be back next week to talk about the series with the bulldogs and open up the big 10 conference with the badgers until then we'll see you next time